All right. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. Yes, this is me, David Chow. Yes, I'm wearing a suit. That's not the only reason this podcast is special. Like, I haven't put on a suit in a year. As soon as the pandemic hit, you know, and whatever. And I just, I usually, I used to hate scrubs. I used to hate wearing scrubs because people stare at you and, and what have you when you're out in public. But now with the pandemic, and quite honestly, because this summer we moved homes. And uh, even this morning, uh, as I was wearing a suit for the first time, I was like, I have to wear a suit that goes with brown shoes because we moved houses and I don't think I unpacked my black shoes, dress shoes yet, how to make sure the suits still fit. You know, the scrubs get a little comfortable. So hopefully this is a sign that the pandemic is on its tail end. We're getting back to a little more life. I know there was traffic this weekend in San Diego on the highways, but what makes it special is not the suit is the person that's uh, joining me on the podcast today. And he's going to co-host the thing. And we're going to have some fun because I'm privileged enough to know him as a friend. You all will know him as a NFL quarterback and a uh, big time NFL quarterback, mostly with the Dolphins, but Jets as well. And uh, let's welcome in Jay Fiedler. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Doc Chow. Good to see you. I, I, you know, I, I see that you're, you know, saying that it's a special day because you're wearing the, your suit and, uh, and, you know, I saw you with the suit on. I thought it was just laundry day in the house and, uh, you know, all your <laughs> casual stuff was, uh, was in the laundry because I haven't uh, seen let, you wearing a suit in a long time. Let, let me tell you, scrubs are a lot easier. It's like, you know, I felt like <laughs> I'm not bashing anyone. I felt like I was a teacher with pajama bottoms on all the time, right? Doing Zoom, right? I, the scrubs were easier. But normally... Well, I can't the, see below your waist right now, so you might, you know, you you might have right. not have the pain. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing going on down there. Nothing. Now, I won't ask you to pan down because who knows what you've got on uh, underneath uh, there. Me, I, I'm in sweats. <laughs> casual, casual Monday. All right. Well, we'll talk some football. We'll have some fun, and then you'll stay with me the second half when we're going to talk about something that's unprecedented in the NFL some changes in the NFL, and then analyze some fun video. But let's get straight to it with talking to Jay here, the hard-hitting questions. Okay, we have an affinity because we're both Ivy League guys, right? And we talk about it and uh, joke about it because we have to, like, get all of this, right? Because there aren't that many Dartmouth guys in the NFL. Of course, Not many at all. we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, standard bearer for Harvard, and – uh, Kyle Juice check right, and I claim them all. Right? I claim the whole Ivy League, so we have this affinity. But here's my question for you: yep. hard-hitting question, Jay. Why are you not co-hosting or guest-hosting Jeopardy? Why is it the Cal guy? I, you know, it's fine. I was just looking at that. Uh, I saw something pop up uh, on Aaron Rodgers uh, doing the Jeopardy. Uh, apparently, he's a huge fan. Uh, uh that, that that's coming out now and uh, uh i'm actually looking forward to it i like jeopardy uh you know big alex trebek fan i think uh, i think aaron Rodgers will do a fantastic job but uh i think you're right you know we need to get an ivy league guy in there and uh you know maybe maybe i'll petition out there and and, and see if i can follow up uh you know aaron might be busy in the fall so uh you know maybe, some, that maybe works out. some fall episodes we'll need we'll need a new host 
You heard it here. That works out. I get 10%, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Now, if it were three Jeopardy contestants, three quarterbacks, three smart quarterbacks, yourself, Aaron Rodgers, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who wins? Oh, I'm winning. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, Throwing yeah, down uh, the gauntlet. Well, look, uh, you know us quarterbacks. We, we, we ride with confidence. So, uh, you know, you ask them the same question, I'm sure they're going to give you the same answer. Uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan obviously, uh, you know, famous for his uh, uh, wonderlick test. Uh, I think he, he, he got the perfect score or, or, or 49 out of 50, uh, one of those two. Uh, you know, and, and certainly a, a great guy. I know Ryan well. Uh, uh, you know, one of the one of the smarter QBs out there. Uh, you know, so it really it depends on the category of the question. So, uh, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself up. Uh, you know, with any of those guys. All right, uh, we'll start the campaign. JP Lifford, Jeopardy <laughs> host. No, no, uh, no, no, no worries there. Other things that. In my vast research, two minutes before the the uh, interview, looked at Wikipedia. I never knew this. I think this is kind of cool. How often did you go to the Boston Pops? Uh, you know what, uh, Arthur Fiedler, who uh, is a distant relative, so uh, he was my grandfather's second cousin. Uh, oh, okay. I don't I don't know what that makes me, but uh, you know he passed uh, you know in the seventies when I was a little too young to to go see him at the pops. But I know my dad uh, saw him a few times. My grandfather was was you know even though they were distant relatives, uh, you know they were 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 friendly and and, and close. So uh, you know there's I, I didn't there's know plenty that, that of music. Cool yeah. yeah. There's plenty, plenty of music in the family. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that didn't carry over to me. Yeah. Well, um, I think it was cool because I went to school in the Boston area, and I yeah. didn't, never even heard of the Boston Pops until I got there. And then every, it was huge, right? July 4th. Yeah, it was. Everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't realize there was that uh, connection there. You've been hiding that from me this whole time. Uh, probably because oh, Nothing I, to hide. The guy's got the same last name. <laughs> you know, I figure I yeah, figured a yeah. Harvard guy might be able to figure that one out. Uh, yeah, and, know, and, and Norm Chow's my uncle. Dar most of the Dartmouth people got that figured out. And Norm Chow's my uncle. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, because it's not true. <laughs> Chow, <laughs> I didn't think so. He spells it C-H-O-W. But a lot of people, I fool a lot of people saying that I am, that he's my uncle before, even though the, the whole last name is spelled differently, you know. How it is uh, all good so um getting into a little bit about you and your football career you had some pretty good years down in miami do you think how much harder was it and would it have changed things if you were the guy following the guy that followed dan marino as opposed to following dan the man anything the guy, really the guy after the guy after the guy right yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, uh, to, to me, I don't think any of that factored into, you know, my successes or, or you know, perceived uh, 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 success with the fan base or, or anything like that. Uh, um, you know, I, I approached it 
the same way. The, 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 whoever was before me didn't factor into any equation of how I prepared for a game. Uh, you know, I didn't go out there trying to be uh, Dan Marino. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, try being the guy who, you know, was just going to sit in the pocket and chuck it around, uh, you know, the, all, all day long. We had a different makeup on our team. You know, we were, we were built on defense. We were built around, uh, you know, a strong running game and, and a quarterback who could do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, we, we, we didn't have, uh, 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 you know, we, we had some, some very good receivers, but, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, the, the, the strongest, you know, uh, uh, part of our team. Uh, you know, our, our offense, I think, carried less than 40% of the uh, – of the salary cap, uh, you know, it was one of the biggest differentiation. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest differences of any team, you know, from an offensive to, to a defensive unit, uh, you know, most of our high salary, uh, 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 top level guys, you know, were on the defensive side and, uh, uh, you know, so we had to make do with what we had, uh, you know, we had great talent we had good, you know, great guys in our, in our makeup. Jack Thomas, was, Jason Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and on offense, you know, we, we had some some talented guys, you know, but they were guys that were, uh, you know, we had to find, you know, in the haystack, uh, you know, the needle in the haystack guy. Uh, you know, I was a free agent, uh, undrafted uh, rookie, at, uh, you know, played for, for five years before getting down to Miami. And uh, that was my first time uh, as a starting quarterback. Uh one of my top receivers, Aronde Gadsden, came from the Arena League. Uh, uh, you know, Chris Chambers was a second-round uh, draft pick. Uh, you know, he turned into an All-Pro, uh, 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 had an All-Pro year in Miami and, and in San Diego, and uh, you know, had a tremendous career. Uh, and, and then, you know, Ricky Williams was the one, you know, uh, you know, top-level uh, uh, guy. You know, first draft, first draft pick uh, uh, for the Saints. And when he came in, uh, you know, certainly a marquee level offensive player. But, you know, when I look back, he was really, you know, in my five years, you know, the only guy you could uh, uh, look at and say, you know, there's that marquee, you know, top draft pick, uh, you know, all pro uh, uh, offensive talent. Uh, so, you know, we did a lot with, uh, you know, with the makeshift of guys. And, uh, you know, in order to have success, we had to do it a lot of different ways. And I think that was one of the keys of, of you know, what made me successful was I was adaptable to a lot of different, uh, you know, things that we could do offensively. You know, number one, just getting us into the right plays, getting us, uh, uh, you know, not making any mistakes mentally, uh, you know, pre-snap or, or, or uh, you know, as we got into uh, into the plays. And then number two, uh, you know, being able to make plays with both my arm and my legs on the move in, in the pocket, out of the pocket, uh, uh, you know, doing a lot of different things. And, you know, Chan Gailey was our offensive coordinator the first couple of years. Uh, and he brought a little bit of uh, variety. Uh, he was uh, uh, the coordinator uh, in Pittsburgh with uh, Cordell Stewart slash, uh, uh, you know, did a lot of different things with the quarterback, moving them around and, and, and uh, you know, getting a little bit creative with it. And then uh, uh, North Turner came in a couple of years later. And, you know, that was when we had Ricky and we really had that power run game and the play action uh, 
uh, coming off of that, uh, you know, pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. So, you know, our offense adapted a lot uh, to, to, to what we were able to, to put on the field. You know, I've forgotten that you worked with Norv or Norv worked with you. Uh, Norv is going to come on the podcast in the next week or two. We'll, we'll have to uh, revisit that uh, a little bit. You, you made a point for me here. You made it yourself. In my looking at you, you're almost mistimed in the time that you were in the league in the sense that if you came into the league now with a premium on reading at the line of scrimmage, changing plays, being the actual quarterback on the field as opposed to just running the called play, and with the premium on mobility, rollouts, design rollouts, running the ball as the norm. I mean, Dan Marino, obviously great. Look, you know, Philip Rivers just retired, pocket guy. Drew yep. Brees just retired, pocket, pocket guy. Uh, Eli Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, all these pocket guys. You know, Tom Brady's kind of the sole almost pocket guy left at this point in time it's a new era do you think you would have had things be even better than they were for you now because it seems to fit your game more i think now uh in terms of what they would be asking you to do and the norm uh well so, somewhat you know dependent on the, the uh, on, on the coaching staff <laughs> the, dependent on the offense uh, you know certainly uh you know uh, uh you know, a guy like Tom Brady is, is going to have the leeway and, and uh, you know, the coaches are going to allow him to, uh, you know, do things uh, in, in changing plays and, and uh, you know, creating situations uh, to, to, to give the offense an, an advantage uh, just because he's, you know, he's so far ahead of the game, you know, mentally, uh, you know, with his IQ and, and, and ability to, uh, you know, create and, and, and uh, change tempo throughout the game, uh, you know, and he's really a master at that, uh, uh, you know, not only the pre-snap, but being able to prep and, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers is, is uh, you know, tremendous at that, uh, you know, being able to, uh, you know, get guys to, to jump off sides and create uh, downfield play opportunities for himself. Uh, you know, so there are still plenty of guys, uh, you know, around the league, uh, uh, you know, can play from the pocket, number one, and, and number two, obviously, you know, guys that mentally are, are, are ahead of the game, you know, can, can create and change, uh, uh, you know, opportunities for the offense, you know, really well. And that's, you know, that was one of my strengths, uh, you know, being able to do that, get our team in the right situation. Uh, so certainly with the right coach and staff and with, uh, you know, the, 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 the right uh, uh, situation, I, you know, I feel like I could I could play in any era. Uh, you know, I felt like I was a little bit of a throwback. Uh, you know, with the toughness, uh, you know, that I brought to the table, uh, the quarterback position, and then uh, uh, you know, certainly with my adaptability uh, of being able to do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, being a little bit more transcendent to to modern day football. And win Jeopardy. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> course all right so you do a lot of analyst work now you have your own podcast you're kind enough to have me on this season yeah and you do a lot of related to dolphins you've studied Tua if Tua were in the draft this year or you had the opportunity where would you rank the guys Trevor Tua Justin Fields Mac Jones 
you know, uh, you, you name the guys, uh, you, your list of guys, where would you put them all? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, like like most, I have, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, certainly at the top of the class. Uh, uh, you know, I think he, what he's done throughout his career, uh, you know, the, 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 the raw talent that he brings, uh, uh, you know, his ability to make plays uh, on the field, uh, his competitiveness, uh, his experience uh, behind the core, behind center. Uh, you know, he's head and shoulders, I think, above uh, all the other guys. And then Tua, you know, would be right up there with that next, uh, you know, with that next group of, of QBs. Uh, um, you know, so for the Dolphins, you know, trading out of that number three pick and the way they did it uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, I think was was masterful uh, what Chris Greer was able to, to do in, in collecting more picks. They only dropped down, uh, I think, three slots to number six uh, after the two trades were, were all said and done, and they picked up uh, a number of extra draft picks. Uh, you know, and that's going to allow them to, uh, you know, continue developing Tua, and I think that's, you know, that was their goal. That was, you know, what they were uh, focused on doing, and now it's going to give them a, a great opportunity to get whether they want to get uh, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, you know, the, the – uh, offensive lineman out of Oregon. I know they were out at uh, his pro day. Uh, Coach Flores was out there recently, or you know any any one of a handful of uh, you know those top level skill guys, whether it be Pitts or uh, you know one of the top receivers, uh, Devontae uh, Smith uh, or uh, uh, Jamar Chase. You know, I think they're going to have uh, a lot of choices to go after that to to really fill in uh, a number of holes in their offense and surround Tua. With some, with the with the right talent to, to continue to develop. Yeah, well, I do think you're right because you're right. They traded from three down, I think, to twelve, then went back up to six. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the process, picked up a bunch of things, and you know, I, I don't know if you you probably don't have time, but Pro Football Doc podcast and the website and so forth. We've been saying I've been saying all along that you know, Goff and Garoppolo based on how their respective teams treated them and their mm-hmm. injury and their return timelines. Uh, you know, Goff not being the starter in the playoff game meant whether he and the backup were either here or here. Wolford, he and Wolford were a lot closer, whether they're yep. valuing it here or here. And, and we knew that because Blake Bortles wasn't active was inactive for that game. Nobody goes into a playoff game with one and a half quarterbacks. Right. If there was a question mark of Jared Goff's health, you would have had to have activated Blake Bortles, but they didn't. And of course, Goff gets traded. And I've been saying all along, Garoppolo's not a long-term future for them because he disappeared based on the second high ankle uh, re-injury. And, you know, they even brought George Kittle back late season and he is their stud yep. and uh, from the fracture. And now it's pretty clear that Jimmy is either gone next year or this year, right? I mean, uh, as they draft a quarterback. It's uh, it's looking, you know, yes, more and more that, uh, likely that, you know, uh, especially with them moving up to that number three slot and uh, putting them in position to get one of the top QBs uh, in the draft. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't realize you were such a big volleyball player and even a CBA <laughs> owner. Man, I, I got to look into you. You've been hiding things on me. Uh, you're, you're really into the Wikipedia now. 
Well, that's all I did. I looked at Wikipedia, really more just for dates, but then I saw some things. I was like, oh, it's pretty uh, Hall of Fame stuff that you got, the whole deal. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really good. So, so uh, we're going to move to a break, but before that, and you're going to stay with us here, but tell everyone else what you're doing now, mostly your sports academy, the Brockwood or whatever it is. This Brookwood, Brookwood. Camp. Brookwood, sorry. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, exactly. It's it's been the family business for for 50 plus years. My dad was a summer camp uh, operator and director uh, for for 40 plus years. Uh, we've had uh, our, our you know current summer camp property for for over 30 years. Uh, it's a 160 acre uh, uh, summer camp in upstate New York, about two hours northwest of the city, and in, in the Catskill Mountain region. Uh, and you know, we run a uh, overnight sleepaway camp up there. Uh, uh, it's called the Sports Academy at Brookwood Camps. Uh, you can find us at brookwoodcamp.com. And uh, we have a, a, an amazing program, uh, you know, for, for kids that are interested in, you know, a full summer camp uh, experience with a whole variety of activities uh, around the lake, the pool, all the sports, outdoor sports, uh, tennis, golf. Uh, basketball, soccer, football, lacrosse, baseball, you name it. Uh, and then within that uh, program, we also offer uh, one week academies in, uh, you know, for kids that really want to specialize in certain sports. So during those academy weeks, we bring in some top instructors from all over the world, uh, you know, top professionals, whether it uh, be some of my former colleagues in, in football, uh, whether it be guys like uh, Leo Mazzoni, who's the former uh, pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves, uh, working with our baseball academy, uh, coaches from Manchester United, working with our soccer academy. Uh, you know, we, we bring in some great coaches to work with our kids, both in the academies and, and uh, you know, for our uh, full-time campers. Uh, so, again, it's uh, the Sports Academy at Brookwood Camps. Uh, you can find us at brookwoodcamps.com. Oh, that's cool. So uh, you guys don't do uh, dancing there anymore? The rumors about dirty dancing being we, filmed it, there? And uh, we, we actually, we actually do. Yeah, we actually, we no? actually do have a dance academy as well. Uh, we have a former uh, uh, professional ballerina who comes in for a couple of weeks. We have a, a beautiful 3,000 square foot dance studio with uh, uh, you know, the wood floors and the mirrors and, uh, and everything. So uh, you name it, you, you, we got it. The original dirty dancing spot, right? <laughs> uh, right. Was, yeah, not far from where that was filmed. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break and come right back for the second part of the Pro Football Doc podcast. And I think uh, it'll be interesting, some unprecedented uh, have Jay weigh in on that as well. Thanks for watching and see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to part two of this Pro Football Doc podcast. And yes, I'm in a suit here. Jay Fiedler is all casual in his T-shirt. I trade with him. But I'm glad you're staying with us for the second part here. A couple of things that I will say, How put this into perspective. How unprecedented do you think this is? The fact that the Tampa Bay Bears returning all 22 Super Bowl starters. What do you think yeah, about that, that? That's like that, unheard. That, 
that that is incredible uh, and in today's day and age especially uh, yeah that's something you would see back in the 1960s for you know in seven higher to, to free agency uh you know but in the land of free agency and uh, the era uh where you know guys are moving team to team a year in a year out uh you know i think the turnover in in, in rosters is is you know usually about 35 percent uh, of a roster gets turned over every year uh so for a team to 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 get all 22 uh, guys coming back, uh, and especially uh, a team that just won the Super Bowl, uh, you know, you, you'd have to figure that uh, there would be some uh, a, a few guys that would be uh, pretty high on the free agency list. Uh, but you know, Tampa's done a done, done a nice job of uh, you know keeping their cap uh, manageable and uh, and being able to sign back uh, you know those guys that uh, uh, that came up this year. Well, you're right. In the salary cap era, this is how unusual it is. The last time it happened for a Super Bowl team, the Chiefs brought back 20 of their 22, and they obviously made it to the Super Bowl and lost. And now they have more turnover on the offensive line. But the last time it happened to a Super Bowl team, and it doesn't happen very often to a non-Super Bowl team. Right. Uh, look, if you're at the, if you're winning, as you say, you're still a third of the team turns over typically. And if you're losing it could be two thirds of the team that turns over, right? The, the not for long is what 3.3 years is the average length yep. of a, a career. But the last time it happened in the NFL was 1978, 79 with the Steelers. That's the last time they returned 22 starters and they actually won the Super Bowl the next and that's from a Super Bowl saying, team. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were back to back the Steelers. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I thought it was, uh, uh, pretty unprecedented. And uh, meanwhile, uh, the Chiefs are. Uh, I'm, I'm, curi- I'm curious, even. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious, even non Super Bowl team, uh, you know, when the last time uh, I, I any remember, team brought back, you know, 22 starters. I, I recall just off of the, the last time it was poised to happen, it didn't happen. It was the Indianapolis Colts a couple years ago. They were a wild card team. They were poised to return all 22 starters, but then Andrew Luck retired, so right. they did not, mm-hmm. right? And that was the last time in my memory that that was close to happening, and it did not happen. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Chiefs retooling and Patrick Mahomes will be fine by the season, but it's a close timeline. He's still in a boot after his uh, turf toe surgery. So uh, that is another injury to watch. Quite honestly, I'm more concerned about Patrick Mahomes toe than Tom Brady's knee scope. I mean, both, you know, you want to keep an eye on, but um, Brady's going to be ready for the opener. Mahomes should be ready for the opener, but it isn't a lock that he is. So we'll, we'll see. Now, which, Um, which toe, which toe was it for him? Turf toe, big toe. Big toe on his, on his foot, his his back foot. I believe it was his right foot. Yes. Yeah. Right. The, yeah, the, that, the well, that's what I mean, that's what makes it difficult for for him as a quarterback, uh, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, pushing off, push off. Uh, you know, that back foot there, right on, right, right off. You're the, right, the but toe. with his, but with his rubber arm, it probably didn't. You probably didn't even notice it, right? <laughs> it's true. I mean, he's he's pretty unbelievable there. Um, he could probably throw a club feet, no problem. Oh yeah, 
yeah, exactly. From his knees, right? I mean, he could throw the yeah. ball. What was the picture of the Super Bowl? He was literally Superman style, horizontal, the ball below his head and, and his feet above the ball, and he still threw the ball into the end zone, a catchable ball that, yeah. that was not caught. I mean, uh, amazing. Yeah, incredible arm talent, no doubt. How do you feel about 17 weeks if you were still playing? Uh, uh, you know, that to, to me, I don't think that's a, a big change uh you know i know they were talking about 18 or even 20 uh uh you know in the past uh um you know i know they're you know the 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 biggest issue is is the fact that they're cutting down uh you know the preseason and uh you know for the veteran guys you know that's great uh you know they, they hardly the preseason at all but uh you know for uh rookies for for you know free agents those, those marginal guys that are trying to make the team you know that's a lot less uh, uh chances for them to 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 prove themselves and 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 show what they could do uh uh to to make a spot on the roster no question especially with to date still zoom otas right i mean uh, you're trying absolutely. to make a roster you're a young guy you need those reps in otas and so forth but you know i've always said you know, do an 18-game regular season with two buys, one at the first half, one in the second half of the season. You'd make the revenue up with the extra TV week. There's too many games to watch in the early set of games Sunday. It, you pair the buy coming off of Thursday to play Thursday night for the short week issue. You could have Wednesday night games. But I really think that Pro Football Talk is onto something here. They're probably saving the two-buy scenario when it's an 18-game, 20-week season right? That they're yeah. probably saving it for that. And it's only a matter of time before they, uh, they uh, get to that. Well, I, I, am, I imagine it's coming sometime in the, in the future. You know, the, the, the popularity of football, uh, uh, you know, I don't think they have to worry about infringing on other uh, sports uh, schedules and, and timeframes. Uh, uh, you know, the, the way the rights is going now and, you know, everything's probably starting to move to streaming and, and, and all that, you don't have to worry about the TV schedule anymore. Uh, you know, so you could expand that, uh, that, that schedule a little or give the extra buy and, and get that extra game. In. And, you know, I think the players with the second buy, uh, you know, would be a lot more uh, receptive uh, to, to, to moving it up to the 18 games. Yeah, that'll be good. And uh, have you gotten a vaccine? Would you get a vaccine if you were playing? Surely. I I, I just got my second uh, second shot a few days oh. ago. Yep. I, I didn't realize you were that old. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Old. You're you're in New York. It's open <laughs> to everyone in New York now. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I'm just I'm just joking with you there. Um, I, I think that there's going to be a good number of professional athletes that will not take the vaccine. And, and that's their choice. I mean, here's why I say this. There's back in the day when I was with the Chargers, the flu vaccine came out, the yep. quote regular flu vaccine. And we would get it for players and the coaches. And we would actively have to campaign to get mm -hmm. players to take it. Right. And we never got anywhere near 100% participation, probably only 80% at best. And literally, the other doctors, myself and the trainers, would do it out in the open as an example. Yeah, I'm taking it. You should take this flu vaccine. And yet, there were still some guys that didn't want to do it. And it was their choice. We couldn't force them. 
but we strongly encourage them. I mean, first pass, only half the guys would do it. And by the time we, you know, try to encourage them, maybe we get up to 80%. But I think it's going to be two thirds, one thirds here, ultimately. And it's going to be an interesting thing in the league because the league is saying that as a, because they can't force players to take the vaccine, but they can dangle the carrot. And the carrot is- Well, look, they they could still, they could still, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I said, you know, they, they could still have quarantine rules uh, in, in place. Uh, so, you know, if you don't take the vaccine, you're susceptible to, to being quarantined and, and, you know, sit out and whether they, uh, uh, you know, whether they're able to even do that, uh, you know, possibly and, and, and take pay away if, uh, uh, you know, you, you get sick and, and can't, uh, you know, uh, be available for, for, uh, you know, for a game or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, Last... I, I, I doubt that would fly, uh, with the players association, but, uh, you know, certainly this, there are ways of, of, you know, penalizing, uh, uh, you know, a player with a, with a, a forced quarantine, uh, you know, even with pay, uh, you know, guys want to be out there. So, you know, it's a different situation than, than, you know, the flu, the flu, you're, you know, uh, you know, you got sick and there wasn't any, you know, consequences other than you were feeling sick and may have had us, you know, go home for a day or two. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't affecting, you know, a quarantine on other players. It wasn't affecting, uh, uh, you know, anything else. So now, you know, I, 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 I think, you know, more and more guys will, uh, you know, ultimately uh, uh, take the vaccine more so than than took the flu shot. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I was in the same boat. Uh, you know, I, I never took the flu shot, uh, you know, when I was playing. Not, you know, not just out of any, you know, beliefs or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I never felt I was susceptible uh, enough to it uh, that, that it warranted. And, uh you know, maybe I had good luck and and a good run of uh, of years without taking it, but uh, uh, you know, it was never something that was uh, you know as prevalent as as uh, you know as as what you're going to see with uh, uh, you know the, the, them trying to to push the vaccine onto guys. Uh, you know, the COVID vaccine this year. I think think the league is doing it very smartly. I mean, last year they did get, uh, one of the biggest things I think that allowed for the success of the league last year is when the Players Association agreed that if someone was shown to be violating social distancing rules outside the facility, you could indeed dock their pay for missed games. And that was a big change. And I thought that helped get the season through. And this year, I think they're going to do it right. They're, they're going to give you the carrot. Look, you can have in-person meetings if you're vaccinated. You could do more in the building if you're vaccinated. And if you're not, then you're sub- subject to more rules. So they can't force you. Yeah. They can dangle that carrot. And I think you, you're right. You might get more. I don't think you're ever going to get 100%. But, uh, you know, you might get into 80% and uh, so forth. But, uh, but we'll... Uh, We'll see there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. All right. So um, let's go f- for one of the things that we always do. We always do some video and so forth. And so uh, everyone wants to know about, you know, Saquon Barkley.
Hopefully he just missed another video. Here it is. But he's working out, coming off the ACL. How do you think he yep. looks there, Jay? Uh, uh, I'm trying to see where the barbecue is over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's just hanging in the backyard, uh, you know, playing around with his kids. Are you are you uh, suggesting that he's picking up the pork with the barbecue or the? the I mean, uh, uh, he looks. He, nah, he looks he, fine. Hey, look, he he's uh, well. What a tremendous athlete he is. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure. You know, his work ethic and his physical makeup, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be back stronger than ever. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the big thing is he looks fine in this video. That doesn't mean he's 100%. You Certainly know, it's not. cutting yep. and deceleration, not this acceleration. Acceleration comes first. So looking at the video, I think he's on track and doing fine. What he has going for him is he's a great athlete the whole deal but also it was an early season injury right yeah. and the other thing is as a running back look you can dictate your cuts it's much harder if you're a linebacker or let's say a cornerback reacting you know as a wide receiver you can dictate as a running back you can dictate and uh as a defensive so, player, somewhat yeah, yeah re running backs are a little bit reactive too well both but you can yeah which way you want to go right i mean uh and and you know which way yeah you have to react no question uh but at least yeah, you have the, the initial the initial movement is 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 more dictated but uh you know once you get in the hole it's it's certain you know the guys are coming from all different directions you gotta you know react put a foot in the ground and and just uh you know unexpectedly uh you know cut a certain way yeah and so the final thing we do here in the podcast, Jay, is we say we do a lot of video analysis for our for what's going on for injuries and so forth. And since yeah. it, thankfully there's no active injuries going on, no video, I go with video that people submit to me and what happened here, unusual things, injuries or what's going on. So here is this week's what happened here, or perhaps I should say what is happening here. Um, so Check this out. See your elbow? Oh, it's bending the wrong way. <laughs> bending the wrong way. So, uh, what? I mean, yeah, it's a new a new level of double jointed. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, no question about that. A new level of. Uh, double jointedness there but uh people can have that i mean it's a there's a syndrome i'm not saying she has this ehlers daniels danlos syndrome connective tissue disorders uh look uh i'm not saying she has marfans but marfans makes your connective tissue very flexible etc like i'm not very flexible i can't put my thumb all the way back on my forearm <laughs> and other things but i guarantee you she probably could wrap a pretzel around her make her thumb into a pretzel, right? Or something, but just someone who's very, very loose jointed. Uh, so there isn't necessarily anything uh, wrong there. And well, uh, does that does that make someone more susceptible to injury if they're Well, it depends on like the injury, that? sometimes more because you're more lax, for example, certainly more susceptible to shoulder instability, kneecap instability injuries, right. mm -hmm. but probably less susceptible to certain other injuries like uh, when uh, I'm blanking on his name, the, the Chiefs running back, 
the rookie um, towards the end of the season. I'm blanking on his name. Where he was uh, bent into that someone and and did did the splits. If he yep. were as flexible as this gal, he probably would not have been injured, right? The, so it depends on the injury itself, uh, kind of uh, things. And the yeah. final thing I'll ask. Well, she, you, I, I'm just saying. I'm just looking at that. She must be doing the the TB12, uh, you know, massage uh, through her arms to get that much flexibility in the arm. Yeah, and and. <laughs> And since I've given you a hard time throughout this podcast, in good nature, fun already, I'll 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 throw up a softball to you. Um, I tweeted out: some people are quote double jointed with loose, stretchy collagen all over the body. Imagine all the other things she can do. Is that a okay tweet? Or I mean, people on Twitter, some laughed, some gave me a hard time about it. It's like any <laughs> anything you impugn on that, I said is you, not me. I, well, that's, I straight... that, that's the perspective of the reader, right? Yeah, it's, there you go, my man. Fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> You're with me. Fist bump. Yeah, I said I I replied back. You guys are impugning that on me. I just put it out neutrally. You guys impugn that. So that's why you're on. Jay, you're you're on my side. I appreciate you. <laughs> always, always on your side, Doc. You know that. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, everyone? We'll sign off here. Uh, appreciate the time today. No, well, thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, uh, you know, we certainly enjoyed having you guys, you on uh, our, you know, Dolphins podcast uh, as well uh, during the season, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll do more of this in the future. Sounds good. And uh, come visit in San Diego. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You. Love to. Thanks for listening to Pro Football Doc, Doc Podcast. Thanks for Jay Fiedler to, for coming on and co-hosting today. Uh, more great content this offseason. And give us one of those reviews, five-star reviews, wherever you watch. And uh, tell your friends. We appreciate you.